Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, good morning. What a great cause, amen? And we get to be a part of that. We get to make a difference in these students' lives. And so we are excited this weekend. As Pastor Brad said, this is a weekend we get to celebrate um, the great privilege that we have as a church to make a difference in all these different types of ministries that we've been talking to you about. And um, this is an exciting, exciting moment for us. I don't know if you think about it for a moment, but uh, generosity is a big deal to God. Generosity is really at the heart of God. You uh, Maybe you're thinking about, you know, what is God like? God is, is most like when you think about what he's really, really like is that he is generous. And uh, you are never more like God than when you are generous. And so we here at Creekwood, we believe in the the, uh, value of generosity. And from day one, we have always believed in this. We we live this and uh, this is important. It's a big deal to our church. And I've said this for years and I, I, I mean this with all of my heart that You know, a lot of churches have a lot of different reputations for different things, and there's churches out there that have great reputations for great worship, and which, by the way, was worship not amazing today? Man, we've got just an amazing, amazing team. Um, You know, um, a lot of churches out there have uh, reputations of of great speaking, and and I know that's not going to be ours. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. Um, But, you know, my, my heart is, is that our reputation in this community and around people, when they say Creekwood, they don't say we have great services. When they think of Creekwood, I want them to think of that we are the most generous people on the planet. That we are so generous that we give and there's no strings attached. You know, when you give to Generosity Project and 100% again of, of what you give goes out to make a difference to all of these different ministries like like Mansfield Mission and Fort Worth Teen Challenge or just so many of them that I'm going to be talking to you about today. But um, it's just, it's easy to kind of think, and a lot of churches want to be generous with strings attached. But you know, if you're generous and you have strings attached to it, you're not being generous. That's making a deal. We just believe in generosity and we believe in these ministries and we, we want to make a difference. So generosity, it's a big deal to God, so it's got to be a big deal to us. And I want to talk to you just a few moments about this, because I know that this, for a lot of us, at our core, it's what we struggle with a lot of times. And it is a struggle, but you see this in the Word of God, that generosity is a very, very important thing. And if you've got your Bibles, I want you to take them and go to some of the scriptures that I want to read to you um, to kind of set this up today. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You know, the world tells us you want to be refreshed, go get a new mattress. The world tells us you want to be refreshed, go on a, on a vacation to Hawaii, and then you go get a mattress, and you go to, on vacation, and then you got to stress out about how you're going to pay for it all. The Bible tells us that the way you're refreshed is when you're generous to people. 
Psalms 112.5 says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In other words, through your generosity and you making a difference in people's lives, people are going to thank God because of what you did. That's a powerful thought. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. That's on the front end of that verse that talks about being refreshed. Proverbs 22, 9 says, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. So generosity, it's a big, big deal to God. And I want to be honest with you as, as I'm sharing today that, that probably of, of any other year, this this year, doing generosity project at our church, it's been a struggle for me as your pastor. And the reason why is that the season that our church is in, if you think about the season that our church is in right now, it's a big, big, big season. It's an exciting season. For one, um, you may not be aware of this, but our church is, Creekwood Church just recently, we purchased 108 acres on 1187. How exciting is that? That's incredible to think about that God has blessed us with 108 acres, to think about um, all of, of the needs that we have here and, and just the, the, the season that we're in. It's a big, big season and everything within me, and I've, I've talked to some other pastors and some of our overseers and I've said, maybe this is the year we don't do generosity project. We've always been generous from the beginning, and we believe that God's called us not to do just do things for church people, but God's called us to be a church that makes a difference for people that aren't church goers. Maybe this is the year that we kind of put it on hold and we put it on the back burner, and God just kind of got up in my grill. Don't you hate it when God does that to you? He got in my face. Kind of beat, beat me up a little bit and just kind of started to remind me about the history of this church. And God began to show me, he said, have I not been faithful to you? Have I not been faithful to this church? Have you forgotten the days when you were setting up in Mansfield High School and you were asking me, would you provide land? provide us with a building and land and God supernaturally, supernaturally out of nowhere. I'm telling you, it was a miracle to get 13 acres in this area. And then out of nowhere, God supernaturally provided 108 acres and the dream of, of what God wants to do on that land. It's hard for me to walk out on that land, and I'm sorry I'm getting a little emotional, but it's hard for me to walk out on that land and not dream big. And everything within me says, let's kind of pull back. And this is the year we got to, like, we got to build the, the, the new student center and the kids center, and we want to make a difference. And God says, no, listen, keep doing what you're doing. I am going to supernaturally bless this church. So we're not changing this year. We're doing generosity project, and we're going to be more generous than we've ever been as a church. 
But have you thought about this question? Have you thought about why is it that we struggle with giving? And why is it that giving doesn't come easy for most people? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Do you know that from the moment you're born, um, you just kind of get used to people making a big deal about you. And we like that, don't we? When we're babies, if, if you pooped your pants, they changed your diaper. Right? Y'all being real quiet. Are y'all tense? Some of y'all are tense because I'm talking about money today. And you're like, oh, you get tensed up. You're going to get hemorrhoids. Don't do that. I have not said hemorrhoids in any other service, so that's a special for 11 o'clock. Just relax. There's no pressure today. Where was I? <laughs> hemorrhoids, no. Um, why is it that we struggle with this? You know, when you're a kid, you love getting gifts, and, and you loved it when people, like, did stuff for you, and, and, and uh, you were hungry, they gave you food, they, they like, Everything was about you, and, and you remember those first gifts you got, like, like you remember your first a pair of tennis shoes, or you got a football or a basketball, and you were so excited you got something. You were a consumer, and every once in a while in your life, the older you've gotten, what happens is that you start to realize that as fun as it is to receive, that maybe you have underestimated and maybe you have highly underestimated the benefit to giving in your life. And you start to understand the scripture where it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. But we struggle with this. And again, there's a lot of reasons why we struggle with being generous. And um, I, I was thinking about, in my own heart, I was thinking about, you know, what, if we were to boil down to why is it that we struggle with generosity? Why is it that we don't want to give to needs that we see and in, in, in organizations that we know that, that need our help? And I was thinking about this, and I think one of the number one reasons why we struggle with this is the, the one reason why anyone might think it's not a good idea to give is that if I give, then I have less. I think that's a pretty good explanation of why we might struggle with this. And I think, you know, as I started to think about this mindset that a lot of us think about is, you know, if I give, and, and maybe a good idea why I don't, don't want to give, it's because if I give, I'm going to have less, and I don't like to have less. And I think this is why the Scripture repeatedly, and Jesus talked more about generosity than almost anything else in his parables is that Jesus taught the opposite, that when you give, it doesn't mean that you have less. And I believe that God knew and knows this about all of us, that our logical minds, when we think about generosity and we consider giving, we think that it's a threat to our own well-being. That you're going to have less and that you want to hoard and you want to hold on to it because whatever you give, it leaves you and you're just kind of like, well, this is all I have left. And so we really struggle with this. And I think this is why the Bible talks so much about this. And this logic 
it goes over and over inside of our, our minds. And when we start to think about giving, it starts to be a threat to our own well-being. When you think about that logic, I want to give you this illustration of these apples. I've got these beautiful apples in this bowl, and there's 20 apples there. And, um, you know, the logic of, of you being generous, and you think about these 20 apples, and you start to think about maybe this represents what's the money that you have, the things that you have in your life, the, the blessings that God has given you in your life. And, you, you, you know, you're, you're automatically thinking about, you know, the Bible teaches me that I need to honor God with 10% of everything that comes in, and I trust God. With this, and so you give away the ten percent that you have, and and you look at it, and, and you gave that. I did pretty good, didn't I? <laughs> Y'all call Pastor Keith and tell him I'm doing better at sports. <laughs> I actually had a good toss right there. Funny story about sports is early on, Creekwood Church had a softball team, and Pastor Keith, if you know him, uh, uh, like he's all, he'll tell you the truth. It doesn't matter who you are. And he quickly realized I was horrible at sports. And, and I got bumped off that, like, I was on the softball team, the church league softball team, like, okay. We were pretty good, but I quickly found myself on the bench. <laughs> then he bumped me down to the co-ed. <laughs> and then before I knew it, I was sitting on the bench with other women, seeing who could throw the rocks the farthest. <laughs> then I knew it was time to step down from sports. But you give away that and you're like, I've got 18. This is all I got. I got to kind of hold on to this. We got to think about this. Then your son or your daughter starts talking to you about another organization that they came across and they're like, Dad, could we give to this? And you, you're like, okay, you know, let's be generous to that organization. Then you're thinking, this is all we got. Then December comes along and I'm up here challenging us as a church to be generous and you were like, well, this is all I got. And you think about the generosity and you're like, okay, I'm going to give what I have. And you give it away. And your logical mind is thinking, I just gave those things away, those apples, what, what my resources I gave. This is all I have. But I want you to hear me today. That logic does not take in consideration the principle of sowing and reaping. That the Bible is emphatic about the principle in your life of what sowing and reaping is. Your logic tells you what you gave is gone. And I'm going to tell you something. According to God's word and the Bible is emphatic about this. That what you gave, it's not gone. It's not gone. It's in the ground. You have, you have sowed a seed into the ground. You have invested and God is working that. And listen to me, it's not gone. I'm going to say this to you. And I, I'm going to just say this. Any, the best way I know how, I've always struggled with talking about sowing and reaping because I've watched TV and I've seen the preachers with slick hair and the pimp daddy suits <laughs> and the Rolex watches and they're saying, well, you sow a seed of $3,000 and you're going to get blessed. And I'm like, I want to throw up. 
But the truth is, the principle of sowing and reaping is very biblical. Not only is it biblical, but it applies in all of nature. Isn't it true? You think about this. For example, if you sow a a seed of corn, you're not going to get spinach. You're going to get corn. You sow an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. It's just a principle of multiplication. You sow a smile to someone, you're more likely to get a smile back. You offer forgiveness, you're more likely to get forgiveness back. Men, listen to me. What you give, even in your marriage, it multiplies. Like, men, listen to me. If you treat your wife with love and respect, it's more likely she's going to treat you with love and respect. Amen, ladies? But if you give her a hard time, she will multiply it. (laughs) And she will give you hell. And all the ladies said, amen. That's the best amen we've gotten in our history. It's not gone. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. What you hold on is what you, all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. Listen to what Jesus says about this in Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will it be poured into your lap? For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What you give, it's not gone. See, when you, when you give, and when you are literally, when you are, are, are sowing the seed and, and you are planting that seed of generosity and you give to, to the hurting, you're, what you gave is not gone. I think somebody needs to hear that today because we have, listen, a lot of us, we were brought up, don't be generous. You hold on to everything you got. You got to fight for what you got, and it's all about you holding on to everything you got. And you, maybe you've never been taught truly biblically what it means to be generous and to, to begin to live a life of, of sowing those seeds into people's lives. And do you know that God knows about the seeds you've sown? God sees the seeds you've sown. And it's all in the process. It's all in the soil and it's all working and it's going to come back to you. It may come back to you in money, but it may come back to you in something that is greater than money. There's a lot of things in life that are much greater than money, right? Listen to what Proverbs 19, 17 says. When you give to the poor, it's like lending to the Lord and he will pay you back. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest for if we do not give up. Again, the Bible is emphatic about this. 2 Corinthians, this is God's word. This is God's word that I'm talking about when it comes to the, the, the principle of sowing and reaping. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, and God is able to bless you abundantly 
so that in all things, in all, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It's all going to come back. What you've given, it's not gone. Understand that principle. Why would our church do this in this season? It's because there's a lot at stake. For what God has called us to do in this, in this community. There's a lot at stake. And we can't begin to think we're going to begin to operate in the natural. Because this next generation is not going to be reached by us just operating in the natural. We need the supernatural power of God to work through this church to help us reach this next generation. We need the supernatural hand of God to help us build a state-of-the-art kids center that will blow your mind away. Listen, I want to reach more teenagers than we've ever reached, and we have one of the most amazing youth groups on the planet. And I believe God's vision for this community is for us to reach people, and I know it's going to take a miracle for us to build the vision that God has given us. Why would we be generous at this time? It's because God is going to bless us supernaturally. See, we, we've seen this happen over and over. Some of you may not realize it, but the early days of this church, we struggled the same way, and in a lot of ways, not at the level that we struggle now in being generous, but it was hard. It was even then. Some of you may not know this, Pastor Brad and Elise, um, for years, served at this church with zero pay. I'm talking about as executive pastor, served for years at this church. Worked full-time for SMU tutoring, would work a billion hours. Elise led our, our, our critters ministries for nine years and never, was received, never received one single cent. I'm telling you this to tell you that those early days, we were wondering if we were going to make it. As a staff, when we went to, we would go to lunch at KFC. We were so poor, we'd go there to lick other people's fingers. <laughs> it was a struggle, but listen to me. We wanted to back off of going. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We wanted to not support missionaries. We wanted to not invest in people. For me personally... I can tell you that this has been a huge, huge thing for me. I can tell you where I was at the moment God really made this alive to me. I was on the feeder of I-35 in Burleson, Texas, on the corner of 1187 and 35, where they've got a QT there now. 
but I was on the feeder, and I was stopped at the light. And my wife and I had made some investments in some property in Houston, Texas, and I had made $10,000. And I was excited about the $10,000 that I had from investment in that property, and I was asking God, God, where should I invest this $10,000? And I can tell you like it was yesterday that God said the greatest place that you can invest that $10,000 for the greatest return in your life and in this church is to invest it in the kingdom of God. So we're living this. It's a big deal to us. Listen, we need to celebrate the fact that our, you, you as a church, we gave $225,000 last year away. Is that not awesome? That's amazing. But I want you to hear me when I say this because sometimes people think, well, you know what? The, 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 the leaders of our critters ministries, our kids ministries, our youth ministries, and, and our, our pastoral staff, they're just challenging everybody to give, but they're maybe they're not giving. And I want you to know something, and I'm not telling you this to brag, but I'm bragging on our team today. Because I think you need to hear that, 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 that out of the $225,000 that was given away, $43,540 dollars. I'm not good at math there. Okay, <laughs> I, like, I got to get it right. 43,540 was given by the pastoral staff. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that is because I want you to know we're smoking what we're selling. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I, some of y'all are still nervous. You're going, I got to hold on to my wallet and I got to clap. Listen to me. What you sow, it's not gone. What you gave, it's not gone. It's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to this church. God, help us to be more generous than we ever have. I'm praying God help us to give $300,000 away. I called Kyle Bateman, the leader, the guy that started Phased In. You want to know how he started Phased In? He was a pastor. And he was in L.A. and he saw young adults walking around with black trash bags. And he asked some people, who are those kids walking around with trash bags? And they said, those are foster kids that were never adopted. And they've been dropped off the end of the world because their government funds are over. And he came home to Wichita Falls and started these houses. I would love to go up to Kyle and say, we as a church believe so much in what you're doing, we're going to give you $50,000 check. How many of you believe we can do that? It's going to come back to us. Listen, it's going to come back to us. Whoa. (laughs) Y'all tell Pastor Keith I'm catching. Good. Y'all promise. It's going to come back to us. It's going to come back to us as a church, and it's going to come back to you as as an individual. Good catch, Stephen. Whoa, I did good, huh? It's going to keep coming back, y'all. Man, you're throwing that a little hard. <laughs> In the 930, somebody, I dropped it, and I told everybody, don't tell Pastor Keith. Uh, but somebody ran up and handed them to me. It's going to come back to us. Listen, get it. The logic of thinking this is all you have, and I pray that you understand how big this moment is for us. How big this moment is for your family. How big this moment is for your business. 
Do you think that you are just everything you touch in your life is just because God's just wanting to make you a fat cat? It's that God wants to use you. And the moment, the decision you have to make is, do you believe in the principle of sowing and reaping? Do you believe that God is going to bless you through it? But there's a much greater blessing, again, than just resources. One of the greatest benefits of being, being generous is you become rich in good works. You become rich in good works. What does that look like? Have you ever thought about being rich in good works like We can do some things for people. You know, you can go out and kind of do something for somebody and think you did something, and you kind of feel like, man, I did something. What does it mean to be rich in good works? The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich. That's all of us. Compared to the rest of the world, we're all rich. In this present world, not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us Everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. And then he uses these words. He says to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. What's it mean to be rich? You know, being rich, it it means what you... What you have, it's, it's just multiplied itself. It's, you're not just working by the hour. It's, you're not just kind of getting a little income. It's like it just, it's multiplying itself. It's multiplying itself. It's multiplying itself to be rich in good deeds. Do you know that, what that means is that some of you right now, you don't realize that, that, that maybe it was your grandparents. Maybe it was your dad. There wasn't a Christian, and he walked into a little church and, took your family in there, and, and your family came to know the Lord. Maybe it was in a little church in West Texas or church in, in Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know where it was. But do you know the people that gave? They may not even realize that when they were giving to make a difference, to have a kid's pastor, a youth pastor, or for there to even be a church, they didn't know the fruits of, of the What was going to happen years later is that look at your life. Look at you. Look at your kids. Do you know the people that invested that original investment into the kingdom of God? They are rich in good deeds because their investment is keeping, keeping going on. There's people in Humble, Texas. People in Humble, Texas that have never stepped foot in this city that 14 years ago decided they would invest in Mansfield, Texas. They said, we want to help you, Stephen. Go start a church in Mansfield. Do you know that? Look around. They're rich in good deeds. God is looking at them and saying, your investment is being multiplied. I hope you're getting what I'm talking about today. It's being multiplied. There are people up in heaven Today, that their investment is being multiplied. It's being rich in good deeds. What would it look like? And listen, we, we have no idea of the power of, of what we do and what we invest. But there's a young lady, maybe at the Teen Challenge in Fort Worth, this ministry that I want to bless them this year, that they help women with addictions 
What would it look like if, if instead of you going out and buying junk, and isn't it true we buy a lot of junk? And listen, I'm not trying to get, it, get up in your grill today, but we spend more on our dog than we do making a difference for people. Some of us have spent more at, at, at Starbucks than we did giving to God. And listen, if you, Starbucks is not coffee. It's like going to Baskin-Robbins. Just go to Baskin-Robbins. It's overpriced. But we spend money on junk, and then we're like, we're like, this is my stuff, and this is all I got, and I got to really think about whether I want to make a difference. Listen, when you blow your money on junk, that's all there is. When you invest in the kingdom of God to make a difference in people's lives, you didn't lose it. It's not gone. It will come back to you. And I want you to think about this today. As we wrap this up, the Bible tells us, James 1.27 says, Religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's the kind of religion that God honors. It's when we take care of people. You know, there's so many ministries here locally that, that we need to believe in. There's, there's young life, that I believe in young life. I, I believe in, in all of these different organizations here in town that, listen, God's not called us to go try to compete with them and just say, y'all do your thing. It's, they're doing a great job. Let's get behind them. And there's people in this room, listen, that you have the ability to give generously And this isn't about the, the amount. For some of you, maybe think about what's the, the, the greatest offering you've ever given in your life. For some of you, maybe it wasn't your best. For some of you, the best that you're going to give is you're going to say, man, the best thing I can do right now is $500. But there's other people in here, the best you can do is $50,000. There's people in this room that are are capable of, of, of giving $30,000 or $20,000, $10,000. Listen, God wants to use us. And I just, I ask you to, this morning, it's just obey whatever God says to you. Ask God and say, God, what do you want us to give? And I want to say this again. This is not about pressuring anybody. If you don't want to give in generosity project, don't. That's between you and God. There's nobody going to call you. Nobody's going to say anything to you. There's a reason why the offering boxes are in the back. But some of you have the ability to make a big, big difference in people's lives. A big difference. Pastor Brad is going to come up here in just a few moments and um, give us some more instructions about a generosity project. And, but I, I want us to pray. Father, pray that you would open our eyes to this world. 
Father, I know there's people that are deep in addictions, deep in lost in their life that are crying out to you. May you trust us so much as a church to know that, God, we want to partner with what is close to your heart. Father, I thank you for this. May we hear your voice today. In your name, amen. Amen. You know, love gives. Love doesn't live close-fisted. I've learned anything in 14 years of ministry I've learned to live my life, which is, as Pastor Stephen says, very difficult for all of us, but to try to find a way to live my life open-handed. And let God use me as a vessel and whatever that looks like. And so every time my wife and I give to the Generosity Project, this is now several years now, there's always a safe amount. This is safe for me. And then there's always a sacrificial amount. When God taught me how to give sacrificially is when it changed me. If we're trying to help people to become fully devoted followers of Christ... I would challenge you to learn how to give sacrificially and not safely. Trust God. Don't trust man. Trust God. It's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. He will change someone else's life. More importantly, he will change your life. So I want to challenge you to do that. Um, and just for some instructions, um, if, you, if you came prepared to give to the Generosity Project today, just make sure you put Generosity Project on the check. Um, so we make sure 100% of that goes to the Generosity Project. Um, someone today came in and they said, I have my tithe, and then I have a Generosity Project. Can I, can I make sure that the, and I said, you know, so they just separated those envelopes. So you can, you can do however you want. Just make it clear that whatever you're giving to the Generosity Project is for that. And if you came today and maybe you're hearing about this for the first time and you're like, I didn't know anything about it. I really want to pray about this. Or maybe you get a bonus later in the year. I don't know how that works, but it's not too late. If you're just hearing about this and you want to think about this, um, you can give through the end of the year to the Generosity Project. Just make sure that you, again, you put that on the check. Um, You can also give online. So when you go to go to online giving, there's going to be a place for Generosity Project. So I wanted to let you know um, that. And also um, thank you. Thank you, thank you for giving to Angel Tree this year. 180 children are going to get their gifts next weekend. Thank you. It's awesome. My little nerd brain did the math, and I mean, I mean, roughly 100, probably 150 to 200 dollars per child. I mean, just amazing how much you've already given. So. Um, it's crazy. So um, we love you guys. Um, you are dismissed. If you want to meet Pastor Stephen, he's going to be out in the foyer. He'd love to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.